You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We got our poll question. It's pretty blunt, right to the point. You can uh, give it to us, Seton, one more time. Why did Bruce Arians step down as the head coach of the Buccaneers? Health and family or Tom Brady? <laughs> How about health, family, this is the right time or Tom Brady? Okay. All right. Let's bring in Rick Stroud, <laughs> covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. How would you answer that poll question, Rick? Uh, given those two choices, probably the second choice, which is health, family, and this is the right time because maybe Tom Brady would prefer it. Uh, um, listen, uh, I, I don't believe in coincidences, and, and, and I know, you know, there's a lot of truth, and Bruce is very magnanimous here, but to just hand over a Super Bowl-ready team upon learning that Tom Brady is unretiring um, – doesn't exactly uh, pass the smell test for me. He, he seemed willing to coach Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert, for God's sakes. So, you know, all of this, I think there's, there's elements of truth to all of it. Um, but I know this organization, and at some point, the Glazers would have had a meeting with Jason Light. We know how influential Tom is. I, I don't think this is totally on him. Um, but they would have wanted to know what the succession plan was. Uh, look, he's going to be 70 October 3rd. He wasn't going to coach forever. So there is an element of the timing of this makes an awful lot of sense, both for Arians and for the organization. They secure Todd Bowles for the next five years. What do you think? Okay, Bruce's reasons are why, are what, that we know of? Well, that, that I know of, it's uh, really primarily he thinks it's the perfect time. Um, he's loyal to these guys on his staff. If he, if he coached this year and Brady plays one season, regardless of how it ends, the band breaks up, right? He's had these guys, in the case of Bulls, 30 years, Clyde Christensen, um, you know, Armstrong, all of them together. They go back to Temple, for God's sakes, as players, many of them. And so, you know, when Todd didn't get hired, that, that upset him. He thought that both him and Byron Leftwich would get jobs. Um, so this is a way to set up his friend. What's, what's really com- confusing about it is that, that you would do it um, in a year where you could win another Super Bowl, which you think about his legacy, and maybe he's not that concerned, but two Super Bowl wins uh, really helps you with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He may get there anyway. Um, he certainly has a legacy of helping minorities uh, in football and, and, and females as well. Um, but, man, this, there are very few uh, head coaches, regardless of age or health, that would, that would cash in at this point with the hand that he has with Tom Brady coming back. So you have to think that Brady um, at least put his finger on the scale. If not, uh, I, I don't think he outright demanded it, but he certainly was influenced by it. Bruce Arians will be 70 at the beginning of October. Pete Carroll will be 71 in uh, the middle of September. I was wondering about this, and uh, I'll take you back to when we saw Tom at the soccer match in London with the Glazers. And at the time, I thought... I don't know if Tom's saying, you know, I've always wanted to go to a Manchester United soccer match. Now's the time to do it. It felt like maybe he was asking permission to be traded to the 49ers. That was my original thought. And then the other part was, is he asking or saying I'd like to come back and then asking for some things when he comes back, not thinking that he'd be asking for Todd Bowles to be elevated into the head coaching position. What did you make of that meeting? What do you think happened at that meeting? And did it have an impact on what happened yesterday? Well, I'm told that trip was planned uh, before his announcement. Um, But again, we'd be naive to not think there was a reason he wanted to be with the Glazers. The timing, you know, was the day before he made the announcement on the eve of free agency. He would have had to have told them, uh, and he did in fact tell them long before that, at least a few days before the announcement, that he wanted to come back. Um, but, you know, being in person with the Glazers, who he thinks highly of, they've said no to him never, uh, really, and, and have listened to everything that he's requested and granted it for the most part. Um, so, again, I, I, I don't think any – I don't believe in coincidences, Dan, not in this league, uh, not in this lifetime. You know, I, I've seen some pretty amazing things with this organization. I saw John Gruden get fired three weeks after going 9-7 and seven and, you know, and, and uh, winning a Super Bowl – uh, a couple of years before that, um, you know, it, it, it just never ceases to amaze me. But Tom Brady would have had to have had at least 
at the very least would have granted uh, his wish that this is okay with him, if not more than okay. Um, so I think everybody kind of wins here in a way. Bruce Arians gets to stay around the organization. He gets to drive his golf cart around practice and, and help out uh, wherever he can. And Todd Bowles gets to be a head coach. So I think they're all pretty happy with that result. But come on now. We, we, know, we know Tom Brady's impact and influence on this organization. I was also wondering this, that you've got Todd Bowles getting another chance. He was the Jets yeah. head coach. Tom has a great relationship with Byron Leftwich, his offensive coordinator, whatever his title is. Why not get him promoted to head coach instead of Todd? Well, again, you mentioned he does have a good grasp and a good relationship with Byron Leftwich, but he also would know whether Byron Leftwich is ready to be a head coach. Uh, again, if you're talking about Tom Brady's um, influence and input, uh, if you ask Tom Brady, I would assume he would tell you that Byron probably isn't there yet. Okay. I mean, they've had to work through a lot of things as an offensive coordinator. I think Byron would tell you he's learned an awful lot of football from Tom Brady, who's done a good portion of the game planning. Those two have worked together. Bruce was not really part of that structure in as much as it was his offense. But those two are really the ones that have, have put this thing together offensively to make it Brady's offense. So uh, I think Tom would know that of the two guys that were sitting in front of him, that Todd Bowles, who has been a head coach, uh, he's watched his defense, that he's much more uh, prepared at this juncture, at least to lead his team to a Super Bowl. Look, I would, this other thing I want to mention is that it, it doesn't, it, the timing is bad, but remember Tony Dungy did this too with Jim Caldwell. You know, Tony Dungy had a Super Bowl team. It was the same guy, Peyton Manning. He walked away, and Jim Caldwell was a coach in waiting. They went to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it. So Tony Dungy wanted to leave his team and his coach in the best position possible. So it's not unprecedented with a guy that worked right here in Tampa. It'll get even wilder. The only way this gets stranger, if Antonio Brown comes back for the <laughs> Buccaneers. <laughs> That's it. Um, I was also yeah. wondering, what is it that you think that Brady, Brady maybe didn't want Bruce Arians to let? Let's just I maybe it's not being fair to the situation, but the hypothetical of why Tom wouldn't want Bruce Arians as his head coach anymore. That's a tough one for me, because I again, I think him and Tom, from what we could see, had a good relationship. Um, maybe he would require a more hands on guy. You know, I mean. Look, Bruce was a CEO head coach here in Tampa Bay. Um, he did not sit in on every meeting. He did not stay until midnight, to say the very least. Um, some details were probably, uh, you know, left left to pass without being taken care of, especially on offense. Um, and, you know, look who he played for, Bill Belichick, who is an absolute control freak. Um, Bruce was not at that point in his career. He was not going to do those things here in Tampa. He wasn't going to – he mentioned he might call plays uh, a little bit during the offseason, but that really wasn't anything he was interested in. And and so I, I think that, you know, Brady would probably um, was probably surprised by Bruce's lack of input at times. And all I could surmise is that, you know, if he does have a problem, he said he wants somebody to be more on the details, um, hold people more accountable. And, and also, you know, there was some language, too. I mean, we remember some of the things Bruce said about Tom. It was blunt. It was yeah. raw. Um, even as recently as the combine when he said uh, he wouldn't trade him for anything but five number one picks and that, you know, sending him to another team would be, quote, bad business. So you wonder how all those comments sort of get back to Brady and how he receives them. We had Bruce on December 14th last year, and we discussed retirement. This is how it went. Who retires first, you or him? That's a good. That's a good one. We'll have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> wait, how about a package deal? <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a good. That might be a good way to ride out together. It made sense, and then when I and I'm just joking because I didn't have any idea, but I just thought, okay, how long's Tom play? How long is Bruce coach? And I never would have thought that Tom would be playing longer than Bruce would be coaching. Well, I mean, technically, Tom retired first, then he unretired, then Bruce retired, <laughs> and maybe Bruce will unretire. I don't know. I don't know what retirement means for anybody anymore. Um, you'll have to get a, an answer to that one. But yeah, it is. It is really uh, interesting that that it played out the way it did. And and I, you know, again, I I just don't think that you walk away if you're Bruce Arians. I mean, you got a gift from the gods. Tom Brady wants to come back and quarterback your team. Yeah. He, he comes in at a time that gets all the free agents re-signed. 
you're ready to go. You have a weak NFC, really, when you look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC. I remember him saying that Andy Reid would coach till he's 90 as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. That was Bruce's opinion. So why Bruce would walk away now, only he knows. But uh, I guess we got to take him at his word, at least for now. Is he meeting with the media today? I don't think Bruce is. I know Todd Bowles will be introduced as a head coach. And so and he's going to, you know, at this point, I think he would fade to black. It's also interesting, Dan, and I, I love – you know, I love Sam Farmer and Peter King, but, you know, call a beat writer once in a while. That'd be good. Too, Bruce. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he controlled the message. He got in front of the news. He hadn't even contacted his players yet yeah. uh, by text to let them know before the news was, you know, was coming out or was about to come out. So he wanted to control this message. And I, I think that's telling in and of itself. Is that your first question for Bruce when you see him at a press conference? Why didn't you give me the scoop? Absolutely. I thought we had a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I don't take a backseat to those guys, but, hey, I'm just there every day. So, not that I'm bitter, Dan. Not in this business. You can't be bitter. <laughs> you can't be bitter. you got to be better. There you go. Thank you, Rick. Great to talk to you again. Good seeing you, Dan. That's Rick Stroud, covers the Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times, host of uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast. Yeah, if you said a month ago, it's like, okay, Tom Brady retiring. Now, Bruce Arians, he's, who's excited about Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert? Now, I did like Kyle Trask in college. You were a Trask guy. And I was, I was. But he was excited about the rebuild. And then I thought, okay, all right, I like it, Bruce. And then next thing you know, it's like, wait, Bruce? What? Paulie thought that Peter King got hacked, and then Paulie didn't know how to spell Arians. He thought he was misspelling Arians. Yeah, like the, the mower company I think I spelled. <laughs> I was... And he, he's like, I, I think Peter King got hacked. It says that, you know, Bruce Arians is retiring. Shefty didn't have it. Ian Rappaport, Glazer. Jay Glazer, and we're thinking, how does that happen? And then I go, oh, Bruce Hand delivered this to Sam Farmer and Peter King. Good for them. Yeah, Paul. It's apples and oranges, but it was a similar reaction, not on the same level, but when Andrew Luck retired, because Andrew Luck was going into a season where we thought he was kind of healthy, and the team had a good offensive line and seemed to be a contender. Yeah. That's why it didn't make sense when you saw the first report that Luck was retiring. I had the same reaction, like, now? Going into your probably your last season with Tom Brady, that does not equate. No, I could see Bill Belichick retiring when Tom Brady left, uh, you know. But when you still have Tom Brady, you don't retire. Unless it's it's health-related, and hopefully it's not health-related with Bruce. Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind? Hello? Hey. Oh, oh hey. Okay, great. Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, you're right. The NFL is undefeated. It doesn't matter what goes on in the NBA. There were two good games last night, Celtics and Heat. Suns and Warriors both went down to the last few seconds. And um, I do believe that Tom Brady had more to do with Bruce Arian stepping down. I bet you it was one of those, I'm going to San Francisco, or maybe if I stay, there's a new head coach to the Glazers when he went out to the uh, to the game in Europe. But um, on that note, maybe switching gears to the NBA and Charles Barkley coming up, which I can't wait for. I love his interviews. I do have a uh, stat of the day for you. Okay, Marvin. For the month of March, LeBron James averaged 34.3 points per game. That's LeBron's highest scoring average for a calendar month in his career, and highest for a Laker since March of 2007, when Kobe Bryant averaged 38.9 points per game. Well done, Andrew. Well done. That's a guy who knows how much time is there and then practices his stat of the day before he joins us. Uh, Dan and Charlotte. Hey, Dan, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, first time, long time, 61205. All right. So I have an idea for the Limerick slash Mock Headline song, but it can be more all-encompassing for Todd show material. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to sing. Okay. So I've been doing that thing people do when great artists die where you really dig into their catalog for a period after <clears throat> immediately after to appreciate their contributions. Sure. So I've been listening to the Foo Fighters a lot this week okay. after Taylor Hawkins passed. Yep. And I remember you demoed Shame Shame on the show before the new record came out last year. Yeah. 
I think you could clip the chorus of that song, which is just Dave Grohl saying the word shame 300 times in four minutes <laughs> and use it for every Limerick mock headline or any fritzy heavy segment. It may not be the best ode to Taylor, but it seems perfect for Todd. All right. Well, thank you, Dan. I'll look into that. Get some of my best people on that. Uh, John in Buffalo. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, 6-2, Grandpa Pleasant 285. Uh, you touched on it uh, briefly, but uh, I can see the Glazers coming back from London and uh, sitting down with Bruce and saying, great news, Tom's back. <laughs> Bad news? So is Antonio. <laughs> no. With the reply of, oh, hell no, not on my watch. <laughs> well, about that. No, you can't, you can't bring. Antonio Brown still hadn't had surgery. He said that he'll have surgery if somebody's interested in bringing him back. I would probably get the surgery and then make sure that you let people know that you can play. Not, hey, we're interested. Would you have the, uh, the surgery now? That wouldn't be the way that I would do it. Athena in Arizona joining us. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Athena. What is on your mind? Well, I would like to submit a song, a little ditty, for the um, mock headline and limerick sections. Okay. All right. Here's Athena in Arizona. Let's take some time real quick for Sporty Limerick or a mock headline. That's right. It's time for Fritzy's Funny Shtick. <laughs> Thank you, Athena. <laughs> Just imagine with jazz hands out there. I like that. I like that. Well done. I think we might clip that, might use that. I like that. I don't know if people like your limericks or mock headlines. I'm still not sure. I'm not sure either. I think it's an opportunity for them to be creative and uh, and add their little uh, aspects. To I think this. they like having fun at your expense. No question. Yeah. I don't know if they're laughing with you or at you. I think once in a while someone's sticking up for me, but primarily it's uh, it's something abusive. <laughs> Yeah, see. Oh dear, I think Todd's really missing out on um, not and not capitalizing on the Sports Center tease. Oh, I think that's really I, the best use I, of his talents. I heard from a radio executive who said what Todd did when he does his Sports Center headlines, the the uh, what is it, the the teases. He said is genius. Big time radio executive sent me a note out of clear blue. He said, I know you give Todd a lot of grief. Just want to let you know that SportsCenter tease is genius. And I went, oh, God. <laughs> so uh, there, I tell you good things, too. I appreciate too. that. It's very flattering. Yeah. It's nice that uh, it was, uh, that's appreciated. Yeah. But I could hear, like, it sounded like ice cubes in a glass, and he could have been drinking. It's quite possible that that was the case. And he's a radio exec, and it was noon where he was, so he's probably... It, at minimum, he had some kind of buzz going. Yes. Yeah. Made it to the clarity of his... But, uh, but he did say that your sports center teases. Genius. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Didn't say your limericks or your mock headlines No, were. nothing there. Okay, no. I'll take what I can get. That's cool. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. He also said that you can't sing. But he did say you your your tease is is genius. But apparently I can't talk either. I've already like four <laughs> times that, today. That that is that is true. <laughs> but to that I would say please. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Some strange NBA stats from last night. By the way, do you know who leads the NBA in both points and assists? Points. That's the tricky part of this. Not average. Points. Trey Young leads in both points and assists. And, of course, the only player to ever lead the league in points and assists was Nate Archibald back in 1972-73. Charles Barkley, Hall of Famer, Turner Sports Inside the NBA and NCAA analyst. I'm thinking maybe you hosting the Oscars next year. We don't have any problems with anybody coming on stage. What do you think, Chuck? That would be a lot of pressure, brother, to handle that situation. That would be a lot of pressure. Listen, uh, I love Chris Rock. I love Will Smith. Will was 100% wrong 
Let's just leave it right there. I don't want to pile on, but I love Chris Rock. I love Will Smith, but Will Smith was 100% wrong. That's it. Uh, but you've had moments where somebody says something to you when you played. Yeah, and I was wrong. When I, I think I've been arrested four or five times for punching people, and I was wrong. It's all right to admit you're wrong, Dan. I was wrong. I, I think I think I've been arrested four or five times. I can't remember off the top of my head. And I was wrong when I did it. I, it was a, an overreaction. Part of our job is to get heckled and people say stupid stuff to you. But at the time I was 25, 26, and I was an idiot for overreacting. Unless somebody physically come at you, you grow up. I'm almost 60 years old now. And stuff you do when you 25, 26, when somebody heckle you, you can't do it. That goes with the job. Yeah, I know it's tough because I've been courtside and I hear some of the things that are said and I don't know how you you just turn the other cheek. Yeah, listen, unless they get personal, you just turn the other cheek. I mean, you got to. Yeah. I mean, fans, listen, most of the fans are great. I've said this to you before. 90% of fans are great. 10% of them are just jackasses who are jealous and, ain't, and just mad at you because you're successful. But you got to turn the other cheek. Who would have thought that we're seven days out from the start of the Masters and there's a chance that Tiger Woods is going to be playing? Man, when I started following that, I'm not a nitwit. I wasn't following the plan and everything. When I started hearing their stuff, <laughs> uh, it was exciting. Um, I don't know if he can win, but it'd be fun to see him there. I mean, I think just making the cut, I mean, if he win it, it'd be like the greatest sports story ever. I mean, it'd be crazy considering where he was. But if he just makes the cut, it'll be an incredible story. I think even if he tees it up, Charles, even if he yeah, plays I, I, one I round. Think, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to come back and play at some point. But I'm saying if he was able to make the cut, it'd be a really cool story. How many times you played Augusta? I have never played Augusta. I've had – actually, you know, it's so funny. I, I was invited to play – one time when I was playing, but I couldn't make it work because one of my, my friends was a puss. So one of my friends' name is Neil Hartman, and he was getting married Saturday night at 6 o'clock. And I had a friend. I was going to rent a private jet. We were going to fly to Augusta and play, and he was too much of a coward. He's one of my best friends. He was too much of a coward. I said, dude, we're going to be back like three, four hours in advance. And we didn't get to play. And then I actually got an opportunity to play next Monday. But the regular season ends on a Monday. I talked to Ernie about it. Ernie told me to do it. I said, too much. So the season ends next Sunday. <laughs> I was invited to play the following Monday, but the play-in game starts on Tuesday. And I was like, yo, man, I get off at 2 in the morning. I'd have to leave at 6, tee it up, drive two hours, and then get back and do a game the next day. And I said, I'm just going to wait until I – because I want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was supposed to play next Monday, but I just can't make it work. He's Charles Barkley, the Hall of Famer, inside the NBA analyst. Um, do you have an MVP vote? I do not. Do you want one? And I don't care. But let me tell you something. This is going to be, you know, I had Embiid for 90% of the season. I think the Joker has probably taken the lead. I would love to see more love, more love for Devin Booker. But, man, it's going to be really tight. Like I say, the first five months of the season, the Embiid had it, and he's kind of slowed down. Joker has been consistent, but like I say, I would love to see Devin Booker get some more love in the situation. Is James Harden hurting Joel Embiid's MVP chances? You know, I wasn't a big fan of the trade when it happened. Um, I think it's either going to go down to one of the – I mean, the Sixers got a two-year window to win it this year and next year, and that's it. Uh, it's going to be really tight in the Eastern Conference because, man, I actually watched Boston play uh, Miami last night. Uh, it, I don't even think either one of those teams is going to win the East. I still think it's Miami. 
Uh, excuse me, excuse me. I think it's Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is still going to win the East. Hey, listen, if somebody voted for Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would have no problem with MVP either. But I do think it's Joel and Joker and, and Devin Booker should get some love. But if, if Giannis won it, I would have no problem with that. But I think they're the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was Embiid's to lose. But, you know, I watch Giannis and he's competing against himself. What he does, like we're kind of measuring him against himself. And I think we're ta- we take him for granted. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if we take him for granted. I mean, they were struggling early with, because of all the injuries. And they're probably going to – and uh, I think they're probably going to finish with the best record in the East. And if he – like I say, Joel was playing at a hell of a level before the James Harden trade. And you, you consider he they had – they were in the top three or four without Ben Simmons. But listen, he has faded uh, a little bit. Uh, but like I say, uh, Joker has been there, and he's keep playing. He's playing at the same level. But like I say, Devin Booker gets no love, and, and he, yeah. he deserves some love. This is going to be, in my opinion, probably the closest vote since I got robbed by Magic Johnson in 1986-87. <laughs> I'm still bitter, Dan. Did you think you got robbed? 100% I got robbed. Because if you go back, it was uh, uh, it was the closest vote ever. And what bothered me about it was I got all the first place votes and I didn't get any second and third place votes, which was impossible. Like, wow. if I don't get, if I get all the first place votes, the worst I'm going to get is second and third. So if you go back and look at the voting, I got all the first place votes and then I didn't get any second and third place vote. And I was really pissed about that. Okay, did you get – was it more of a robbery that you didn't win or that Shaq lost to Steve Nash? Well, it, see, Shaq, Shaq is 100% wrong in his argument. It never – and see, this is like – it's like when these guys on television today who have no talent, they, they, they put up – they argue about the Michael Jordan-LeBron uh, thing. And it's like, wait a minute, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm a Michael guy, and I love LeBron. LeBron's amazing. But these guys on television who have no talent argue about stuff that's like, so it's a lose-win proposition. So I, I Shaq, it, it's always went to the guy who had the best record in the NBA. It never went to the best player. Michael Jordan was probably the best player in the NBA for three years before he won MVP because his team wasn't winning. Yeah. But this argument, Shaq, the, the Phoenix Suns had the best record in the NBA those years. Was Shaq a better player than Steve Nash? Yes, yes, yes. But my Phoenix Suns had the best record in the NBA. And if you go back and look in the last 30 years, Magic wasn't better than Bird. Whoever had the best record won MVP. Uh, uh, same thing with Kobe. Kobe probably should have won a couple more MVPs because he was better, but his team was mediocre. So this fake argument they have every year, who should get MVP? Joel, Joker, Devin Booker, and Giannis. It's got to be one of those four guys. If you vote for somebody else, you're just trying to pray, be contrary. Who does Joker remind you of? Wow, that's a great question, Dan. I, you know, I don't know. Because I don't know if we've ever had a center who could shoot threes. He's probably the best passing center ever. Um, if he reminded me of somebody, he's not as big as him, but probably Sabonis. Okay. Sabonis in his heyday was a great three-point shooter. He was probably the best passing big man at the time. Uh, Joker, man, to shoot threes, his ability to pass the ball. I don't know if we've ever had a guy like him. And the thing that the beauty of his game is, you know, we get so enamored with guys who are athletic, Dan, who they, they're very athletic, but they can't play dead. I mean, you look at the NBA now, we got a lot of guys who can run and jump, but they can't play dead. But to be able to play as great as he is and not really athletic, it's, it's a testament to how great he really is. Well, I see it. It's like when I first saw Luca when he was playing in Europe, and he's playing against grown men, but it looked like he was just getting by them. He was just getting his shot off. But he was, and I thought, mm-hmm. God, I, I, don't, I don't think he'll get away with that in the NBA. I don't know if yeah. – and, and but he does. He just gets by you. He just gets his shot off. But he's doing it against the best players in the world. 
Well, he does that, but you know, Kawhi Leonard plays like that too. I mean, he plays, they just play at their own pace. Joker plays at his own pace. You can never speed them up. They play, they get where they want to go and they make the play. Uh, that's a great example. Luca, Luca's amazing, but he plays at his own pace. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he's the most athletic guy in the world. Neither does Kawhi, who's a great player also. But Joker's the same way. I think all three of those guys are great, but they always play at their own pace. You never see them doing stuff. Like Kawhi made a dunk in the, in the playoffs last year. Everybody went crazy because it was the first time we saw him, like, really go crazy and dunk on the whole team. But other than that, he plays at a steady pace. How tough is it dealing with Kenny Smith on the set with North Carolina doing well in the, the tournament? It's unbearable. It's unbearable. He's he's just a pain in the ass. That's the only way I can explain it. And the thing that's funny, he is worse, way worse off camera than he is on camera. <laughs> like the other day, the other day he put his little coffee cup up and put his feet up on the desk. And says, oh, this is a cakewalk. Uh, I'm a, I, I just need a cigarette right now. Wow. I mean, he. But he listen, and I don't mind it. Hey, when Auburn made it to the Final Four, I was going crazy because I mean we had never been to the Final Four, and. Uh, it was it was one of the greatest things in my life seeing Auburn in the Final Four. It was cool, but but Kenny is making people Duke fans there. That's that's hard to do. No, you either a Carolina fan or you are a Duke fan. Like one of our bosses, uh, Sean, he's the biggest Duke fan in the world. Uh, the big boss at CBS, Sean he's, McManus. He's a, yes, yeah, Sean McManus. But he like he walks around and he comes in every day and talks about. I really need us to get to the final four. He's, and listen, that's the one thing I say, Dan. I've been to the Olympics twice. It's the greatest thing I've ever experienced. But there's nothing like March Madness. It's the coolest event other than Olympics I've ever been part of. And also, Saturday at the final four is one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I mean, when you got 20,000 fans of each school, when that Saturday afternoon start, there's nothing like Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Man, this is so cool. Did Duke or North Carolina recruit you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't a, na- a nationwide recruit. Uh, I was small. Remember, because I grew from five ten to six five in one year, so I kind of came on the radar late, and I I got recruited by I didn't I didn't even get recruited by big SEC schools like Kentucky and and Georgia. I mean, it was pretty much Alabama, Auburn, and UAB. And I made the best decision ever to go to Auburn. It's great to talk to you. Hope, uh, hope you're doing well. You look good. Thank you, brother. Uh, things are going great. Uh, one more weekend and get, a, get like five days off before the NBA playoffs start. And then it's vacation. Uh, hey, so next year, remember the Super Bowl in, uh, in Arizona next year? Yeah. I told you, are you going to do the show from my, the, the Barclay Compound? Well, can we're trying to figure out how we can do it. You're not going to be there the whole time there during Super Bowl week. Like, you'll be I, working. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I only want you there one day, brother. Oh, don't, don't no. Be... Oh, oh <laughs> my bad. Oh, no, no. Oh, damn. Paulie, I thought you said we were doing the whole week. Six the... or seven days at the Chuck Mansion. Wait. No, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. One day. One day at the Barclay. Com- it's, hey, first of all, it's not a mansion. It's a compound. No, got, it's called. No, no. It's called the Barclay Center. Yeah, the Barclays Center. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you get one day there, Dan. You're not going to oh, do all the hell. No. Oh, all right. Let me think. Let me think about doing. I I appreciate the offer, but I thought, God, we got a week that we can spend at Charles' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Nobody uh, can spend a week at my house. You can you can spend a day at the Barclay house. A day. All right. Well, how many square feet do we have here? I think it's twenty. 20,000, something like that. <laughs> when you don't know how many square feet you have, you got too many. Well, you know, and first of all, <laughs> let's get one thing straight. Yeah. You're not coming into the main house. You can either use my drive. I got a putting green and driving range, and I got a tennis court in my backyard. Okay. You're going to do the show. You're going to do the show probably from the tennis court. And you, when you have to go pee, you're going to go to the guest house. I'm not letting you in the big house. Well, what's in the big house that you're worried about? Uh, money. Oh, stop. Jewelry. There's no trophies like, in there. Oh, there's a couple of trophies in there. That's an MVP. <laughs> the, 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 you know what? The only trophy I got. Okay. The only trophy I got 
Well, I got two gold medals in there and I got my MVP. Those are the only three medals I never that I, I've ever kept in my life. Yeah, but I can go to Michael Phelps' house and see all the gold medals I want. I don't care about yours. But he, listen, let me tell you something. I love Pepsi, but he don't have no MVP trophy. <laughs> let me tell you something. If you melt, if you melt all his, all his gold, if you melt all his gold medals, they won't be able to make one MVP trophy. Don't wow. forget that. Wow, wow. Well, I can always go to Jordan's house and see. You know, he's got a few MVPs. Yeah, he got a few MVPs. Now, does he? You know what? Does he keep his stuff out? Does he have a display case? I don't know the answer to that question because I haven't been to the new house in, in Jupiter. Okay. Uh, but just for the record, I don't keep my stuff just sitting out. You have to come into a, a special room. I don't listen. I'll stay in the guest house. Okay. That's can, the only way you got to go to the bathroom. You're can, not staying at, you're not staying anywhere. Oh, we're not even staying on, on the property. No, no, Are no, you no. kidding me? Wait, you can come to the house and do the show and I told you, if you got to go to the bathroom, you're going in the guest house. You're not coming in the big house. How about a guided tour? Can we do that? With no cameras? Yeah. Okay, yes, you can do that. Damn. I, we went from a whole week there to now we have a morning, and then we don't even get to stay there. Hey, I tell you what I'll do, Dan, since I got love for you and your guys. I'll let you do two days. Oh, God. You know, get a hold of the big unit, Randy Johnson. He'll let us stay there the whole week. Hey, let me tell you something. That's, I'm pretty damn sure you're not going to the big unit's house. He don't allow, he don't allow anybody around him. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody. He's, he doesn't like it. No, hey, you know what? It's so funny. I've had people ask me about Randy Johnson for like years. I said, and Randy's always been great with me personally. <laughs> And I did like, yo, man, he wasn't very friendly. I said, yeah, you probably shouldn't walk up to the big unit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Have fun this weekend. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Be safe. That's Charles Barkley. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Hey, hey, Mike check. Check, check, check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. NBC Sports and the Golf Channel live from the Masters. More than 50 hours of live coverage, analysis on Golf Channel, primetime coverage, Airs each night next week, beginning Monday. Brandel Chambly is already in Augusta, part of the studio coverage, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. That airs on NBC. Starts uh, Saturday at noon Eastern, and uh, Brandel Chambly joins us on the program. Brandel, if I said to you a month ago, Phil Mickelson won't be in the Masters, and Tiger Woods might be in the Masters, what would you have said? I wouldn't have been surprised. Really? I didn't figure... Yeah, I didn't figure Phil was going to be in the Masters. I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about after the fallout from Phil's comments at the Genesis. I didn't feel, figure that Phil would be at the Masters. But after watching Tiger Woods at the father-son, what was that, December of last year, and then also the same week of Genesis, I saw somebody put out on Twitter that Tiger had walked up. He had descended or ascended the the hill behind the 18th green at Genesis without any problem whatsoever. And that's it. You've ever been to Riviera? I mean, yeah. that's straight up. And that's about, I don't know, a hundred foot climb up there. And they said he just clipped up that hill, no problem. I thought, well, the combination of the shots he was hitting at the father-son, the fact that he was able to get up that hill, it sounded to me like uh he was gonna he was gonna be back at the Masters. Uh, every time I've talked about it, I've thought, ah, I don't know, 50-50, 60-40. But it it really doesn't surprise me. Having said that, it'll be uh by far the most uh dominant story. Is Phil suspended like why is he not at the masters 
That's a good question. You know, I, I would only be guessing. It, it seems like he's suspended to me. Uh, it'd be hard for him after the things that he said, coming back and going, okay, boys, let's have some fun. Let's play some golf and, and look like he was benefiting from the world of professional golf after he, at least in my view, tried to take a blowtorch to the whole PGA Tour and uh, in in, in doing so in such a transparently greedy way. But the PGA and the Masters have different set of rules. So the PGA might have suspended him, but the, that that have to come under the auspices of the Masters as well. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, the the four major championships are not run by the PGA Tour. They have their their own set of rules and ordinances. So to whatever extent, you know, I I, I doubt he's suspended from Augusta National, uh, but along those lines, I, I think for Tiger or excuse me for Phil to come back and just play one event. Uh, and imagine if he showed up here, uh, he would be hounded from start to finish everywhere he went with questions about his comments. It just would be, it'd be a circus. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure Phil doesn't want that. I'm sure Augusta National doesn't want that. All right. When does Tiger have to make it official that he's going to tee it up? Well, he's, he's officially listed on the website of Augusta National as, as in the field. So I, it can't get any more official than that. I suppose, uh, you know, he, the idea of him coming up here to play was to see if he could walk the golf course. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure that's essentially what everybody was thinking about what he was doing here. Uh, and if he couldn't do it and couldn't compete and couldn't hit the shots, he, I think, would have withdrawn by now. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's a pretty darn good chance we're going to see him walk in these fairways come Monday or Tuesday of next week. Have you seen him? I haven't. I am just the video. I saw a, a video of him posted. A, a friend of mine played in front of him. At, uh, at his golf course down in uh, West Palm Beach. Said he turned around. He said he looked like he was walking fine. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in a cart. He was walking the golf course. Uh, he looked like he was swinging fine. You know, the shots that he hit at the father-son, you know, I don't know if you were watching that event, but, I mean, that event outrated many of the rounds of the majors last year. Not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> uh, just just a hit and giggle with Tiger Woods and his son Charlie outrated major championship events. And, and he hit some stunningly good shots and had plenty of ball speed. I thought maybe he's showing up and he'll do the ceremonial first tee with Jack Nicklaus. And then he and his son, maybe, you know, they his son gets to play the par three and Tiger gets to caddy for him. Like, that he's he's going out there to try to win this tournament? You know, when he played, when he showed up here in 2019, I mean, by then we had already seen everything we needed to see pretty much to know that his game was pretty much back. But there were still some question marks, whether or not he could draw it at two, fade it off a one, and whether or not his putting was where it needed to be. And we, we found out very early on that week that everything was fine. Uh, this week, there's more questions, obviously. How's his back holding up? Uh, he's, he's, what is he, 500 days from the last time he played yeah. 500, almost 600 days from the last time he played golf? So he's now 46 years old. Uh, he won here when he was 43. I mean, that's at the age when time kicks you in the teeth. Uh, so, you know, back issues. This is now crazy, Randall. Issues. Randall, this is crazy. Like, I, <laughs> I it, you know, we, we keep being surprised by stories in sports, and you think you've seen everything. And I know Ben Hogan came back from a terrible car accident. But, yeah, I mean, Tiger, we thought maybe he could lose his leg. And then we thought, well, is he going to be able to walk? Okay, now can he swing a golf club? Now can he walk a course? Now can he win the Masters? Like, come on, this is crazy. <laughs> well, well, with him, all bets are off. I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. Uh, you know, he has a capacity for miracles, unlike anybody else. But, you know, it is the comeback story of great athletes. That Those are the most compelling stories of all in all of sport. You, you mentioned Ben Hogan. Hollywood made a movie about that. Yeah. You know, there was a... You know, the boxer James Braddock, the Cinderella man. Hollywood made a movie about that. I mean, that comeback was inconceivable. But here, Tiger Woods, he's already given us, I don't know, I've lost count of how many comebacks, but he's come back from a broken leg, won the U.S. Open, a sort of a, a, a broken image, a broken short game, and then, you know, ascended to 82 and won a Masters. So those are all Hollywood worthy. This one, this one just goes right to the ridiculous if he's able to come back from this and, and play with any semblance of the game that he had prior to it. Does he have any say, input, on who he would play with on Thursday, Friday? You know, I don't think he would, but it wouldn't surprise me that... Like Justin you know, Thomas ever, is... Yeah, exactly. You know, they're going to put him with 
a comfortable, favorable pairing. You know, I, I can't imagine they're going to put him with Sergio Garcia, you know, um, you know, somebody who he has a little animus with. I just don't see that. I don't see that happening. <laughs> uh, best player in the world right now is. Well, uh, and, and not number. One. No, I don't want number one. Yeah. I want if we were going to bet today. Best number one player, and they went right out and played right now at Augusta. One round. I I would say Justin Thomas. You know, okay. when I yeah, when I when I look at the top twenty players in the world, there are more question marks than there are exclamation points. And you know, you go down the list and you start looking at who could who has every who checks every box here. There's really only a handful of players that sort of check every box, being able to hit the necessary height of the iron shots being able to scramble, having the, you know, the sort of the, the wits about you to hit the right shots at the right moment on this golf course. There's really only about a handful of them here. Scotty Scheffler certainly that in that handful. Colin Morikawa is in that handful. Uh, but Justin Thomas, at least in my view, is, uh, is the player I'm most looking at uh, to win this week. I tell people, if you haven't walked Augusta, you don't realize how hilly it is. Might be the hilliest course that they have on tour. And I just, I don't know how you hold up four days, no golf cart, going to be hitting balls, going to have to have, probably have swelling. I mean, I, right. it's a monumental task here. Right. Too much hill to climb when you, when you look at it that way. But on the other hand, if you just look at, right, if he can, if he can do that, and, and I don't doubt from the last time we saw him where he was hobbled a little bit better, he got around a little bit better than I thought. But so it's that been four months. And Tiger Woods said every single day, he was emphatic about this, every single day, he, there is no day off for him. He realizes the door is shutting. Uh, but from a major, stand, major championship standpoint, this is the best chance for him to win a major championship. It's got the smallest field, and then you can further reduce this field down to, I don't know, the average world ranking of the winner is 11 here over the last 10 years. I mean, it really does reduce the field down to a very small number of players. And Tiger Woods realizes he's, he comes here, he's got to be 10, 15 guys. And if he can just get around, we've seen him hobble around before and win a major championship. <laughs> you know, the 2008 U.S. Open, he could hardly walk. Is the and coverage he, he, being planned for Tiger playing? I, I'm sure it is. You know, I, I'm sure once they realized that there was a very good chance Tiger was going to be here. And does he go that, in the afternoon, Brando, on Thursday to capitalize on ratings? Yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, that would be my guess, Dan. You know, just, you know, first out. You know, I mean, people sit in a room, executives, and they're like, what, what would they rather see? A high rating on Thursday or a high rating on Friday? Yeah. But wherever it's at, the ratings will triple because, I mean, they triple when Tiger's just in the event anyway. But given this comeback, who, yeah. who knows? I mean, these, these might be the, the single greatest ratings in the history of major championship early on, early days, anyway. Are you in your hotel? I am. I'm right in the same spot where I am when I talk okay. to you most of the time. Yeah. And they haven't changed the picture behind you. No, but I think that's appropriate. That's the view I have, you know, chipping out of the, you know, the, the trees quite often. When I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody's trolling me. Yeah. Hey, uh, great to talk to you as always. We'll be watching this week and next week as well. Thanks, Dan. Thank always you. pleasure to talk to you. That's Brandel Chambly, the uh, lead golf channel studio analyst. And uh, they got the... Augusta National Women's Amateur that's going to air on NBC Saturday at noon Eastern. <sighs> Certainly sounds official-ish that Tiger's going to be playing. It's amazing. It's wild. And I had somebody tell me last week, having seen Tiger at Medalist, his home course, and said he didn't look comfortable at all, didn't look good at all, walking around. <laughs> Yes, Eden. Is there a like deadline or cutoff when Tiger would have to tell if he's uh, in or out? That's what I asked Brando. I said, when does he have to make it official? And he said, well, he's already made it official. He's in the field. It's official official. So now no, he can just back out? He's just in the field. He could back out. Absolutely. But I would say if he's teeing it up, the par three, then he's going to be playing. Mm. But he'll he'll probably announce it before then. Yeah, Paul. Right. As a former Masters champion, he's in the field every single year until he tells them he's not. Yeah. And to the point where I was reading a couple of things, he, his name could be on there until Thursday, five minutes before his tee time, and he could withdraw on the range. He could withdraw moments before, but he's in until he's out. 
couple of phone calls. Uh, Scott in Maryland. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, five nine one sixty five. I just want to actually, you uh, kind of just took the words out of my mouth uh, with the previous interview. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, go to Augusta back in 2017 for a practice round. And uh, one of the first uh, things I noticed, or first and foremost, was just how beautiful it was. But second, how hilly it is. I mean, the TV does not do it justice whatsoever with just how hilly it is. So I just don't know how Tiger can keep that up with his. Uh, uh, recent surgery, but the main reason I'm calling is I got a NFL uh, pie to the pie to the face bet. If anybody's interested for this upcoming season, all right, all right. With uh, the juggernauts or juggernauts for the TVs <laughs> in the NFL, <laughs> juggernauts. <laughs> uh, for the AFC North, you got Sean Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and my man Mitchell Trubisky. I will take the Steelers winning over the rest of them for the pie to the face. If anybody wants it. All right. Who wants a pie to the face? Scott has Pittsburgh winning the division over everybody. Anybody? Yeah, Paul. The Steelers were 9-7, and 9-7-1 seven, seven last year with, with Roethlisberger. Yeah. The division was won with 10 wins by Cincinnati. Yeah. That, that's a gutsy call by this guy. All right. Are the Ravens going to be bad again? Um, Eight and nine. Yeah. And it feels like the Bengals got better. Yes. And currently the Steelers have 17 quarterbacks, none of which are really And we don't know when Deshaun Watson's going to play. Right. So I'm banking on Pitt, and you know I'm a big Mitchell Trubisky fan, so... Uh, I'd be a little nervous there betting against him. You know, the Ravens lost six in a row. I think that, you know, rolling along, they were eight and three, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, see ya. They're gonzo. Well, Lamar doesn't want that extension until uh, he wins his Super Bowl. (laughs) I like how the owner's telling us that, no, he doesn't want $45 million a year, not until he wins his Super Bowl. In fact, here is the uh, Ravens owner, Steve Biscotti, talking about Lamar Jackson. The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve to be on top. I don't think he is turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or the other. Yeah, but I don't know if I could put those words in my quarterback's mouth. You know, I don't want to. Now, maybe Lamar Jackson said that. But my owner is saying, nope, uh, you don't want that money, do you, Lamar, until you win a Super Bowl? Yes, sir. Yes. He's like, look, I I want to give you the money. I wanted to, but he won't take it. It just seems like, no, I'm not not worthy yet. I wanted to give it to Put your hands out. No, I want... You don't want this money. How's 45 cents? No? Okay. Oh, okay. 